1: Hello, everyone. Welcome along to a special edition of Road Overtime on Road Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colm Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. On today's show, we are going to be doing a draft. We've done a few of these recently. We're going to keep doing them throughout the rest of the offseason in the different formats. We'll be drafting in the FFPC main event. We'll be drafting in the Football Guys Players Championship. We'll be drafting in some of these uh, FFPC baseball tournaments as well. And uh, we had some requests from the listeners to hear our strategy and our talk as to how we decide to make these picks. And what better way to, to talk through it than when we are on the clock trying to make those decisions. So myself and Sean are going to be on this show. We're going to be joined by Blair Andrews, Blair, of course, uh, the the author of The Wrong Read, one of mine and Sean's favorite pieces to discuss on the show. He is a massive part of what We do over here at Rotoviz, one of the co-owners, along with Sean himself. So Blair's going to join us now in a moment as we go through the draft. We'll be going through the earlier parts of the draft and uh, those opening rounds on today's show. And then throughout the week, uh, we will be dropping the rest of the additions as we go through the mid-rounds, the late rounds. And then as well, heading up the recap of what we would change or what we would do differently once we see how all has settled on our lineup. This is going to be in the FFPC uh, tournament which is a best ball tournament it's a hundred and five dollar entry fee a hundred thousand dollars to first place so we will be going through that it is an, a slim draft uh, if you're playing at the ffpc which means it is 18 rounds there is no kickers there is no defense so that is one of the main changes uh, and it is tight and premium as well so we did draw the 12th slot in this so if we talk about zero rb that might be perking a lot of people's interest to see how we go Let's see if we did that or if we did a different approach because uh, it was an interesting draft. I will say that. So let's get straight into it. Let's get into those opening rounds. It's going to be interesting to see what options are there. Um, A lot of our favorite guys are probably going to be gone. I think Waller will probably be gone. But I think the likes of, you know, Stefan Diggs or Tyreek Hill might be there. We've seen Barkley fall a little bit um, over the last couple of weeks. Are we thinking maybe starting wide wide receiver, wide receiver in that uh, opening spot, Sean?
2: ADP suggests there's an outside chance of being able to start Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs. Those are the two guys who probably should be drafted in the top six picks. If you get both of them on your roster, then uh, that's a absolutely fantastic start, even with the emphasis on getting that running back early. Blair, I know that you love that start. What if we have Saquon Barkley fall to us at 12? We've seen him fall to the 11th. We've seen him fall into the second round on occasion because of concerns about his health. We've been suggesting on the site and definitely it's, it's my take. I'm interested in your take. He, for me, is really the only guy beyond Christian McCaffrey who has that 20-plus win rate potential in 2021 out of the early guys. But he also has that massive red flag of the injury. Is he someone who, if he falls to 12, that we want to take the risk on him? Or are you off of Barkley with the injury status?
3: Yeah, I'm not completely off of Barkley, although – um it's hard for me to kind of imagine if he's there at twelve uh, that I would definitely take him. Uh, you know, it depends on who else is on the board, but in most cases, if I see him fall a little bit, there are guys that I like more than Barkley. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's a, definitely a difficult decision. I think if he's if he's staring at us at one twelve, I think all the points you made about him having really the most. Uh, upside of any of these early guys besides McCaffrey is probably right. We've seen him put that kind of season together in the past. I mean, in his rookie season, so um, it's it's hard to ignore that, but at the same time, you know, the risks uh, are really um are really concerning, I think. Uh, not only in terms of his injury, but in terms of how how good that actually that offense is actually going to be. So,
1: yeah, and as we go through it here, um Waller has gone off the board at the 106, and then Kamara followed by Stefan Diggs. So, uh, Diggs isn't there. We'll we'll hope that maybe Hell still will will get to us. Um, Kettle is another player that might be interesting. Um, at that 201. Um, obviously now that we we can't get Kelsey or Waller. Um, what's your thoughts, Blair, on on George Kettle?
3: Uh, so I like Kettle. I took him in the Scott Fish Bowl. Um, because. Waller and Kelsey were already gone that was at uh, 111 Um, so I'm definitely fairly bullish on him although I do understand the the concerns with that offense having a you know a rookie quarterback and um, kind of it's hard to see exactly how that plays out Uh, so there are some red flags with Kittle that make me definitely prefer Waller if uh, we could have gotten him but Yeah, I'm curious to hear what you guys think about about Kittle. Kittle is
2: so good, right? And if you're going to get him at the turn, then you can look at that as a value. I talk constantly about the fact that I look at talent and I feel like the top guy is going to carve out his role in an offense. And then everybody else below that is going to have to figure out where they are. And so we don't necessarily have to worry about the top guy quite to the same extent. At the same time, it does lower the ceiling a little bit. And I think that ceiling may be very low also structurally with what the 49ers could do this season. And so this first round range and then maybe into the middle of the second, that's probably the only time period where I would avoid a player a little bit on volume simply because the price is so high and the upside from some of the other players is also then very, very significant. Colin, we see Barkley comes off. We don't have to worry about making that choice. Unfortunately, Tyreek Hill also comes off and now we're kind of looking at this decision with a Jonathan Taylor. I have him in that 103, 104, 105 range. I know that you like him as your third back after McCaffrey and cook the problem, of course, Andrew Dinkmeyer talked about this on our DFS to best ball episode of ceiling bananas, but you've got to get through week 14, right? That's the first playoff week. If you don't make it through week 14, you're not going to win a lot of money and you're not going to be there at the end, obviously to win week 17, jonathan taylor this huge upside can we take him here in round one
1: i think it's a, a pick that's feels to me like if uh with Hill gone i think we probably should do it obviously the week 14 uh, is a uh, something that's going to affect it but you do get that extra week end season i think if we didn't have the week 14 bye, there's no way that he is at this point of the draft so i think it becomes a value there you have that extra week end season um, when the bye week hasn't happened and i think we can try and fill through the um, running backs later on to you know give us that uh, little bit to, to kind of try and steer us through playoff picture if we if we are there in that week 14 by for Jonathan Taylor. So I think I would be going with uh, Taylor here unless there's any objections. So
2: yeah, we're running out of time. We take Taylor and then we have another controversial selection in Devontae Adams at the 201. I kind of like putting these two guys together. I don't think they're going to be together a ton. Although... If Taylor is taken in the middle of the first, and Adams taken in the middle of the second because of the concerns about Aaron Rodgers, that maybe that does happen. I like to have the best player from last season, and Adams really was that. Uh, coming here to go with Adams, someone who could score the points to get us through. Blair, what should we be thinking about the Aaron Rodgers situation at this juncture?
3: Yeah, I don't really have a good a good uh, beat on the Aaron Rodgers situation. I'm I'm still taking Devonte adams when he slides a little bit and i can get him at a value because i think uh, kind of like you said assuming Rodgers does play his upside is just so so huge in this offense so uh i don't you know i like adams here at 201 um and my guess you know if i had to lean one way i think Rodgers is probably going to play but i mean maybe that's just um wishful thinking on the part of my adams teams
2: Yeah, well, we have to make we have to make the Adams selection here for column. This is an overtime Ireland draft. We got to get the Packers in there. I think the other option really would be DeAndre Hopkins. He's someone else who really goes quite a bit later. So you do have a chance to get some exposure later on in the draft column. We take Adams here. Feel good about that. I mean, are are you on board with your Packers? Are they going to make the right moves? Are they going to figure out how to lure the MVP?
1: this has not not been fun and i think sean can tell that from when every time it comes up on a recording the ot podcast and there's hopes uh, that sean has of him uh, lining up for the broncos to get those uh broncos wide receivers and that and the action but uh, i i love Devontae adams um have a Devontae adams uh, jersey up my wall here and uh and <laughs> i have Aaron Rodgers' sound helmet over on this side here so it's been a tough see- off season now uh, waiting to see if uh rogers comes back but the news seems to have quietened down a little bit over the last couple of days and i think that's going to be positive and at the moment i expect rogers to be there for the start of uh, camp here are very close to it so let's hope that's the case i think um the nfl in general will be better for it i think there's absolutely no chance they they trade him so he's either going to, to set it out or he's going to uh, play and i think i think he's going to play
2: Well, if nothing else, I mean, you said he's not going to be traded. We can always take some more Broncos in the draft later on to make sure we have Rogers exposure either way.
0: Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12-month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021, and you're going to save 10%. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: So we're looking ahead now to the next turn, the 3-4 turn, and um, we have a nice bit of time to, to talk through it here, there's just about 14 picks to go, but um, where are we looking here? I think uh, there, there's a number of different options that we could go for, but where are we thinking?
3: Well, I'm obviously looking at some of the receivers, hoping they, hoping they keep falling.
1: Let let me give my best uh, best case scenario. I think I would be taking CD Lamb and uh, TJ Hawkinson if the two of them are available. Is that kind of something that we'd we'll be looking at?
2: I'm hoping that we can add some Hawkinson to this draft. I think he fits really nicely with the players we've drafted so far. I think that we can get that high volume. It's a step forward this season and kind of moves into that kill. Kelsey, or maybe not even Kelsey and Waller, but sort of that kittle Ertz area in terms of talent and then has the entire Detroit offense behind him. You know, we're looking at the kind of volume that has turned Kelsey and Waller into absolute superstars, and we can get it with and still have that first-round pick that we didn't have to use at tight end. It'll be interesting to see what wide receivers come through here. We're going to have a little different build than sometimes potentially because, as we discussed before the show, the elite qbs may not come back to us in round five so that'll be an interesting dynamic if any of those guys fall but we sort of have to draft with the idea that they won't
1: yeah i think that's going to be and there is other options there in that range if they do happen to to not make it to us but um yeah i think the i think the lamb um the lamb hawkinson would be my preferred option uh blair just out of interest uh, i'll name out a few wide receivers that might be there in that range if lamb and hawkinson happen to go it's probably going to Hush. maybe Terry McLaurin, Alan Robinson, Amari Cooper, Robert Woods into that range. Um, are they wide receivers that interest you this year? Or are we kind of looking then maybe to pivot to, to running back if that happened?
3: Oh, I don't think I'd be looking to pivot to running back necessarily. but <laughs> This um, is
1: Blair Andrews we're talking with here.
3: <laughs> yeah. McLaurin is definitely interesting to me. The other guys, uh, maybe not quite as much. Now, um, well, it's funny. It depends on what running backs we're talking about. Like taking ETN at four oh one is pretty early, but I might be tempted to do something like that. <laughs> um, and then you know, the the receivers that I'm probably looking at there would be maybe a reach, but I don't know. DJ Moore, Chris Godwin.
2: Where we published articles in the last week both telling readers to target mike evans and to avoid Mark mike evans and the evidence marshaled in favor of both arguments was substantial and compelling he's one of those guys where if he were a little bit earlier i think the avoid argument would be pretty clear cut when we're talking about the middle of the fourth round for us it obviously would be the, the three four turn is he someone that has enough spike upside to still be a target here or are you kind of on the chris godwin bet megan
3: I'm definitely more on the Chris Godwin bandwagon, so from that perspective, it's hard to take Evans with Godwin still on the board. Uh, but that said, I mean, I think the the case for his upside is is pretty compelling, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to to Evans at uh, the beginning of the fourth,
1: but I do prefer Godwin.
2: <laughs> Colin, you're also a Chris Godwin guy. Is that right, or am I?
1: No, I, I would go Godwin as well. It's it's pretty close based on like you mentioned, the value has tended to be in previous years that Evans has gone, you know, uh, you know, a round or so ahead of of uh, Godwin, and this year they're pretty much neck and neck, uh, pick for pick. So, um, I think at that point I would still go Godwin. Um, you mentioned as well DJ Moore. He's another person that I probably would stretch to to get, but I think you know, you know, taking him almost. Twelve picks and above ADP is a bit uh, a bit of uh, a go but I, I still I still would wouldn't be against it uh, but I am fully hoping that it's Lamb you mentioned as well the players that I listed the one that I would be hoping to get but I, I think if Lamb's gone he's also gone and that's McLaurin um, I think he's he would be a good value there but let's keep those uh let's keep it positive thoughts see who we see who we get here as it as it comes back um it is going um, kind of as we would expect for the draft. Um, wide receivers starting to, to come off pretty well. Kyle Pitts coming off the board now. Um, I mentioned Pitts, uh, and you asked about him, Blair. Um, what's your thoughts on on Pitts this season?
3: Well, I love Pitts in Dynasty, and I am pretty bullish on him. Oh, there goes Huggins. Pretty bullish on him in even in 2021, even though we kind of know that tight ends take a little while to – to really get going in the NFL. We can't necessarily expect big things in year one from from most tight ends coming out. I mean, Pitts kind of looks like he's just a really big wide receiver. We just talked about Mike Evans. Pitts reminds me, of, when you watch him play, he looks like Mike Evans. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I thought it would be interesting if we could get a, two wide receivers and one two to also go Hawkinson-Pitts or something at 3-4 if they would fall, but that would be a fun draft,
1: but didn't work out. In terms of how it went there, for anyone listening in, it went as uh, against us as we could hope for. Uh, TJ Hawkins and CeeDee Lamb and Terry McLaurin all coming off the board. So, Sean, where are we starting to look? We did mention Godwin. We did mention Moore. Are we we starting to look towards either of those guys at this point?
2: Yeah, I was going to say that we could do a McLaurin-Cooper pairing because those guys actually played each other twice during this time period we have to get through. But now I think it makes some sense to have a team that is substantially different from the rest of the group here and i think that going with more and godwin at this spot with the guys that we have him uh paired with would be pretty unique what are the thoughts on on just doing that more godwin double
1: yeah I'm, I'm i'm with it at this point yeah you happy Blair? yep and just based it's based based on those guys that are available um they are the ones that I would be would be trying to target. It is it is a little bit early. And I think you, you touched on it earlier, Blair. It's probably a bit early for ETN as well. Um, so that's why I'd be, I'd be leaning to Godwin.
2: We do still have Mark Andrews here. So we went with more. We could go with Andrews to get one of those tight ends. And then there's the potential for Lamar Jackson to come back around. He's one of the guys I've seen slide a little bit more than some of the other QBs. It'd be interesting to have that pairing too. And that would give us, a potential tight end early so that might also be a possibility are there votes in favor of that instead
1: well i mentioned andrews at the start so i'm definitely not against it blair you can be the the cast and ballot here in the decision oh man i'm i'm okay with andrews too i guess the
3: question is are we happy with the tight ends we can get later if we skip andrews and with nine seconds we don't have much time to decide
1: Well, I took, I took Andrews and since we were running low on time. Yeah. Uh, I hope you aren't going to, to go against that, um, Sean. But um, what's your thoughts there on adding Andrews? I, I did mention at the start, I was hoping to get Hawkinson. But I do think there is a, a gap here from this point. And when I tend to go for it, I know there's guys coming up that we like. Like, you know, Fant is going to come up in a moment. There's going to be Logan Thomas. I'm trying to get two of those guys, like, if I'm taking Waller, I tend to try and take one of those then later in the draft, and I think given getting Andrews there is going to have one of those two guys. I think it's going to be very good on a weekly basis, but I don't have full confidence that we're going to be you know okay the whole way through with just one of those guys and then putting in those extra tight ends late. So what do you think um, now that the pick is made?
2: Yeah, it's tricky not getting Hawkinson because the other tight ends are no guaranteed to make it to us in an area where they're a decent value and once you start reaching for them early then you build in even a lot more potential weakness into your draft because we know they get hurt we know that they bust Uh, if you don't hit on them then obviously they they ruin your team and so i do like having andrews there because it gives us a little bit of protection against you know what's potentially coming and i do think that with jonathan taylor as our first round pick then mike Gasicki is no longer really an option for us
1: yeah, with the week 14. um, And, you know, when we look at the tight ends that tend to go after him, I know there's a couple of rounds gaps, but it's Dallas Goddard, Fant, Higby, Logan Thomas, and Gasecki. And the ones that I tend to be going for there are Gasecki, Thomas, and Fant. Um, so then if we didn't take Andrews there, if we miss out on Fant and Thomas, and then, like, we're down to only Gasecki at that point, we're starting to get into a very thin tight end group. So um, I, I just like having the security there, particularly in this. In this format that brings us then ahead to the next round you've mentioned about the possible if lamar jackson possibly sliding to us so the, and most of my drafts i tend to go for one of those quarterbacks or then i i tend to leave it then toward into kind of round 10 11 12 that range we'll we'll test the uh the fantasy gods first how confident are we that one of those guys is going <laughs> to make it back we didn't fare too well with our uh hopes in the last the last turn
3: well, with no quarterbacks off the board yet, I mean, usually Mahomes has gone by now, so uh, it, it's looking it's looking pretty good for these QBs uh, getting back to us. I would say.
2: The question then, I think too, I think it's going to be a difficult choice to actually take that QB even if he falls, because we've taken Devontae Adams. We're sort of in on Aaron Rodgers being back with the Packers this season. I think he becomes a compelling choice later on, uh, we may still be able to set up to have some Washington players, in which case, uh, it, Blair Colin, and I always kind of go at this in terms of, I really want Fitzpatrick as a, as a late QB, and, and Colin doesn't think he's going to be the, the Washington starter for the whole season, uh, so <laughs> we, we run into a little bit of a, a deadlock there.
1: I just i just i started to take a stand um because i just couldn't get sean to agree to to draft matt ryan at any point so uh, <laughs> this is this is my payback so who do you think is going to be the washington starter i don't know i think fitzpatrick will probably be the starter for the majority of the season i think just the problem is as we think after what has happened throughout his whole career that he's moved so many teams that he's played in different roles but now that he's just going to be this like veteran set well now 17 week starter who's going to put produ- up consistent production without turning the ball over a lot of times. So I I always think Fitzpatrick fits best when it's that like off the bench, doesn't matter. Let's just throw the ball. I think then when it gets into situations when there's game plan, it doesn't always work out correctly for him. So um I can't think of too many other situations where like a, a journeyman quarterback like, but I guess we're getting a huge discount, obviously, on the value. So if he does deliver, you know, three quarters of what we're hoping for, I think it will still be a good value at that point. But uh, I think Heineke is probably <laughs> the one that's going to give him a run for his money. But I, I'm not drafting him either.
3: <laughs> I think it would be a uh, it would be a difficult, more difficult case to make for Fitzpatrick if Washington had drafted a QB early in this season. But I don't know if I believe in Heineke either.
1: No, I don't. I don't think. I don't know if there's too many people, uh, except for he might. Be, he might believe in himself, but <laughs> I'd that.
3: I do, uh, you know, feel what you're saying about not taking a a quarterback here because the guys who who might be on the board include guys like Higgins and Ayuk, who I draft on basically every team this off season. So maybe yes. maybe I should diversify, but it's just too. Just too
1: hard. My other thing I was gonna mention there, the, the other gauge, Sean that well, I, I think that you like this year's Deontay Johnson. Am I right there?
2: I do. I, I like all three of the receivers, but I think that his path to target volume is greater. I mean, we've seen these guys play together. We would expect Chase Claypool to take a step forward, but I do think that there's still some red flags about Chase based on both his collegiate performance and even some of the off the field things that have happened, I really thought he would be more involved down the stretch last season than he was when really Deontay Johnson and, and Juju were reasserting themselves as the main guys in this offense. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get all three of them, but Claypool is actually not the second year wide receiver. I'm trying to get as much exposure to as Higgins, Ayuk, Judy, e- Chenault, and then even Ruggs at his price, I think, is, is pretty interesting. And Blair has always been a Henry Ruggs fan, combining uh, that blistering speed with the huge hands and the draft slot. You know, he likes to, to dream of the breakout there. I'm, I'm getting more and more on board with the Ruggs. Maybe not emergence as a star, but I think he's going to be fantasy viable. So he's someone, uh, you know, his obviously there's a lot of variety in that range. But at the 1201, uh, that's exactly where Ruggs is. So those are some of the guys. I think that Deontay Johnson does have a potential, you know, wide receiver six, wide receiver seven in him. And, you know, at wide receiver 24, you're getting a pretty good discount.
1: Yeah. I think, and I think the Rugs one's interesting. I think last year, where he went in the draft and I think was, much too high. And I think where he's been drafted then and drafts was much too high. But I think this year, I think we could see like it could be one of those players that everyone's just decided that they don't want to ever see again who then does have uh substantial value as the season goes along. I do think if we can get to them, um I do think that uh Higgins and Ayuk for me would be the two picks here. i wouldn't be against Deontay Johnson either. So if we got two out of those three I'd be very pleased. Um I think like Sean mentioned, I think going into that range, and who knows, maybe today is the day that me and Sean agree on on which quarterback to choose. But um, I think that I think the the Rodgers uh, range, you know, Joe Burrow, um, and into that range, and then even onwards to Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think we can bolster them uh, together there. So I, I'm happy to to not go quarterback, and as we've seen in the last couple of moments, Mahomes, Murray, and Allen have gone off the board. So ideally, here we would see. Uh, Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson go off the board before it gets back to us to push those guys down a little bit. So let's see what happens there.
2: Blair, where are you with Joe Burrow right now? Obviously, we like those Bengals receivers, but there's a little bit of concern about how healthy he will be right off the bat. And then in terms of plotting a little bit later, our projections from Dave Cabin have Tom Brady really high which is one of the things that, again, kind of falls off of those Buccaneers wide receiver articles as well, looking at, you know, with Brady's efficiency, with how well they played in the second half of the season, with having the three stars, it's kind of difficult to see him not having a big season. You know, can those guys do for us the same kinds of things that the hybrid QBs could do? Now, maybe they don't have the same... Very top level of upside in combining both the passing efficiency and the rushing value, but when we've seen individual big seasons from pass only QBs in the past,
3: yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm very high, especially on Burrow. Probably more than I should be, but I mean, on the other hand, you know, year two is when we expect these quarterbacks to take big steps forward. Uh, most of the time, we see. Um, you know, if first round quarterbacks are going to break out, it's usually in year two. So, uh, considering what Burrow did in his rookie season, I'm pretty excited for what he can do in his sophomore year, even, even coming off the injury. So yeah. And then Brady is someone I haven't necessarily been drafting a ton of, but I, uh, yeah, with the weapons he has, I think it makes a lot of sense.
1: So we've got absolutely destroyed yet again. Um T. Higgins, Grant Nayuk, and Deontay Johnson have gone off the board and there's one pick to go before it comes along to us. So our plans have obviously got to change here quite a bit. Um how how are we thinking about uh I, I know we're gonna have to, to stretch for them, but how are we thinking about I don't know, I think it's gonna be too early for some of those tight ends. Um <laughs> what's our options here?
2: we can go with Fant early. The other thing, we actually get a, a deal if we went with Javante Williams, which I think is probably the way to go. I mean, that gives us a ton of flexibility to go after some of the people where maybe we know it's not the percentage play, but some of those wide receivers we like later, like a rugs. Uh, I mean, Williams fits so many of the things that we like in terms of the potential to blow up and crush the league. Uh, I guess with the receivers we're targeting off the board, unless we wanted a Kenny Galladay or unless. You know, we wanted to chase Claypool here. Then I mean, we can take the running back without a lot of damage. Take the running back, and then even take Fant as the tight end. Yeah, I think I
1: think we take the, the running back, and then gives us a little bit more time, I guess, on the clock to to think through um what we what we want to do here, Blair. What have you any strong feelings um on who we take here on this next one? I I, I would be tempted. Like the way I'm looking at it here is there's really no chance that um, Fant gets back to us um from this point forward. You know, I, I know we're going to have to take a, a stretch on it, but is there any guys that are going in that next round and a half that you're interested in pushing up the board here?
3: So I go back and forth, I guess, on Fant versus Logan Thomas because it looks like neither of them will probably make it back to us. So that's the that's really the, the kind of debate for me. Um, but I like both of them,
1: so that's why it's so tricky i'll let sean be the deciding vote here <laughs> I, I think i i like that was gonna be my pitch was going to lean to a tight end um i'd probably lean towards fant but
2: well i have a, a ton of fant um i've got a lot of exposure to both players i got a ton of logan thomas exposure so why don't we go with fant here he may have a little bit more breakout i the combination of less target competition and a better quarterback for logan thomas with how he finished the last month of last season i think that that makes him pretty compelling there is maybe a slight chance that he would come back around but i actually think that you can draft the three tight ends here and it gives you a hammer team i mean i just people are not looking at the tight ends correctly in terms of what the upside is in those playoff weeks and so we have that that opportunity probably he won't come back with andrews and fant we have two guys who are among the most talented tight ends in the nfl andrews has that ability to hit as an efficiency play fant could become really much more the star this season in that offense i mean a lot of the, the discussion the dynamic when people are debating the broncos focuses on you know can the quarterbacks really do anything. And then is it going to be Cortland Sutton? Is it going to be Jerry Judy? Well, it may be Noah Fant, right? I mean, there there are some mild concerns in the Albert O when he was actually out there and healthy last year, looked better than Fant, right? <laughs> and so, you know, you have a, another tight end on his own team that may be even a superior prospect, but Fant, one of those still relatively rare guys who has the size and can catch and can take that ball, you know, 60, 70 yards. I mean, even players like a Travis Kelsey, like, you know, a George Kittle. I mean, Kittle's created some big plays, but when we're looking at guys who could take the ball the entire way, I mean, you're looking at a Waller, you're looking at a Pitts, you're looking at, you know, a Noah Fant. And so having that upside, if the offense emerges, if he actually is the guy and those receivers are taking the defensive attention off of him, you know, we, we had some games last season where he was the focal point and, and Blair and I had both uh, Hawkinson and Fant, on our main event team. And it was a little bit of a a weekly headache trying to decide which direction to go.
3: It's funny. I saw, I think somebody tweeted out an image from the screener comparing Hawkinson and Fant and they had almost identical per game numbers over their careers. Um, And, you know, Fant is obviously going, no, Hawkinson is going a lot earlier and has more of the buzz. And I guess part of that is maybe his QB situation. Um, But, you know, maybe Bridgewater is a big upgrade over drew lock so we could see Fant really really move into that almost elite range
1: yeah bridgewater is not the guy
2: who really attacks down the field i mean if we are talking about bridgewater versus golf i mean that's, that's, that's probably what i was going to say yeah.
1: Along, so. <laughs> yeah right yeah i don't know like uh, you know if, if we're pinning our hopes on on golf you know it mightn't mightn't go as well but i think obviously there's the thoughts of like the games that he's played obviously with stafford stafford's no longer there i think both of them have that upside, and I think that's the reason that I'm more so willing to take the risk on Fant over Thomas when I'm picking at that exact same spot, if they're both on the board, and I think it's the, the upside of those of those big plays. I, I, like We've seen Fant pretty much take nothing and turn it into something very big um, with some plays, so it's just about consistency, really, from him. I think we're probably going to get more consistency from uh, Logan Thomas, but I don't know if the upside is is quite the same so i think it's uh interesting but sean was mentioning you know the the tight ends in this format i do think that it's interesting so far in this that there's both us and team six have both gone two tight ends in this first six rounds um up until the hunt pick as well i was looking at team number eight um they, they were going with a lot of our kind of preferred options there um, so it's a, an interesting start from them as well but um it's, it's not the way i had intended the draft to start but um I will say that I'm I'm not displeased with it um, overall. How how do we feel about uh back-to-back Broncos picks? Um
2: you can never get too much Denver Broncos, right? I mean, that's going <laughs> to be the emerging offense for 2021.
1: So we'll leave it there for today's episode. An interesting start to the draft. A lot of the time, uh, at that back end of the draft, we might have been looking to go wide receiver, wide receiver, but on this occasion with Jonathan Taylor falling to where he has, even though there is a week 14 by and that is a key in this format that he's going to actually miss week 14 where the playoff starts so that it, it does give you that extra week in the season we're big john and taylor fans and um it is an interesting one there uh, probably would have went i think i would lean towards hill adams if that had been the option but when taylor went i think it was a smart decision to pivot i think getting those tight ends as well but makes for an interesting lineup obviously we love the wide receivers tune back in for the next edition which will be dropping tomorrow and we will be talking through where the rest of those guys are going to go on our board which wide receivers are we going to target how are we're going to finish out the running back position and so on and so forth of course blair did join us on today's show that is blair andrews one of the co-owners at rotoviz check him out on twitter at am i the real blair give him a follow uh, and blair as always author of the wrong read tremendous content do check that out. As always, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And my co host of the Overtime podcast here on Roto-Biz Radio is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's great work up on rotoviz.com. Until we're back with another edition of the show, of course, have a good one.